want to welcome everybody and say hi to everybody watching us online. Also, over in the family venue, and uh, I, I know a lot of churches today, a lot of my pastor friends woke up this morning, and all of a sudden, they were a televangelist, because they didn't have, they canceled their physical services and moved all their services to be online, and, uh, and that was a tough decision. Um, for us even as well, uh, especially mega churches, they were really compelled to move their services online, you know, those churches that have squillions of, of people, and um, and we're not a small church, but we're not a large church, we're kind of right in between, um, and our, since our governor didn't officially ask everyone to not meet, um, our mayor encouraged it, but, uh, but we felt compelled that today uh, we've made adequate preparations and uh, abided by safety um, guidelines as well as just basic wisdom. And so, and with that in mind, just remember we're giving air love today, peace signs, and I love you, and chest pounds, and uh, that, that kind of thing. So, uh, this is the hardest thing for our church because we're so friendly, but um, you can be friendly without touching all over each other, right? So, uh, we're going to just use wisdom and stay in faith at the same time. So, so glad that you came to worship with us today, whether you're online watching or in the auditorium, you guys spread it out nicely, uh, way to go on your social distancing. Uh, you guys are quick studies, but especially those of you watching online, you're really doing well with your social distancing, so <laughs> I noticed that Publix didn't cancel their services this morning. It's packed out over at Publix when I drove by. And uh, at the movie theaters last night, they didn't cancel their services. They were, they were jamming as well. So I, just, I thought of this verse, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. I think times like this, we need uh, to worship more than ever. So uh, anyway, having said that, just a couple of quick little announcement kind of things. The Happy Ladies event, at this time, they're planning to have it, but they're planning to have it online. It's going to be an online-only um, E kind of thing, so that's, which is really cool that we can do that. But the youth event on March 29th, we're still going to stay flexible on that. We're going to see if we're going to actually have that event or not. Well, I hope that we will, but we'll, we'll keep you posted on that. And lots of cool things happening in our youth group. Me and my son Garrison and the amazing youth leaders are uh, taking that ministry and just loving on your teens, so be sure and get them at all the stuff that we're doing because life change is happening. Uh, so we're starting a new series today called The Table, and I'm going to just tell you what the series is going to be about, but then we're going to take a different direction in light of current events and uh, talk about a different kind of table today. But we're going to talk about the different chairs at the table we're going to talk about the head of the table, which is the pastor of the local church, because the table is the church, and the church is like a table, and we are serving food, the bread of life, to hungry humanity, right? Have you ever been, gone to the mall to get some Christian chicken? <laughs> and that actually happened to me, and I'm sitting there eating a, a number two, which is the spicy deluxe, by the way. And I'm sitting there, and one of the Chick-fil-A employees is walking around giving out samples, which is great. I love that ministry, <laughs> the ministry of free samples. And, but they offer me a free sample, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, I have a waffle fry hanging out of my mouth. And I'm like, why are you offering me? I, I, just, I got a number two here in front of me. But it's, sometimes it's easy to get comfortable, isn't it? And that's what the church does a lot of times. We get comfortable. We want to pass out. Samples of the bread of life to people that are already eating, instead of just going a little further 
right outside of the comfort zone to where there's hunks of hungry humanity that don't have the bread of life. Because that's all that employee had to do was just leave that little seating area and go out into the rest of the mall where there were hungry people that would probably would love something to eat and say, hey, there's food down here. Here's a free sample. And so we want to be a church that gets out of our comfort zone and we pass out the samples of bread of life to people that are hungry, not just the church folk that are already here. And so we're going to talk about the four seats at the table. The head of the table, that's the pastor, that's the dude with the food, I'm the preparing the spiritual food. But then the next chair number one are newcomers, they're unbelievers, or they're pre-Christians as I like to call them. People that they, we need to make them feel comfortable and we, we want them to belong before they believe. And I think every church should have at least a third of the churches is, are newcomers and people that are searching, Right? And the next chair is people that are growing up. They're in the process. Maybe they're an adolescent spiritually. There should be a high chair at the table, but we'll talk about that later. But anyway. And then you got the third, the third chair, and that's where the mature believers sit. That's the people that pay the bills and are in small groups and that are volunteering and, and, that, and that are making it happen so that we can reach people in chair number one, right? So we're going to talk about that over the next few weeks. Uh, but today I want to talk about the table that's mentioned in Psalm chapter 23. If you'll turn your, in your Bibles to Psalm 23... And as you're turning there, I want to give you a bonus verse. It's in John 6, 35. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life, isn't he? He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. So how do we receive or ingest the bread of life? It's when we believe on the name of Jesus. That's how you become a Christ follower. So I'm really excited and thankful that we're a church that believes in feeding hungry humanity the bread of life. Before we get into Psalm 23, I want to remind you of 2 Timothy 3.1. And it says that in the last days, there will be perilous times. And I'm so excited because we're in the last days, y'all. And that word perilous means dangerous. And you might be thinking, then why are you so excited? <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because in the last days, and this is not a last days end times sermon, so to speak. But in the last days, dangerous times are coming. And that's what perilous means, dangerous but the reason I'm excited is because in the last days, there's no bad news for the church. This is good stuff for the church. And though a thousand may fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hand, it will not come near us. So even though it's dangerous in the world, there's an unprecedented outpouring of Satan's evil and anger and disease and death on the planet. But there's also an unprecedented outpouring coming of God's spirit, such as we've never seen before. I'm excited because... 17 years ago, when I came to pastor at this church, actually, there, there was only about 75 people, and um, so it was a big empty room every Sunday, just me and about you know, 30, 40 people in here, and, and I just came from living overseas where I was preaching to thousands of people every week, and I thought, what have I done to make God so angry that he stuck me here at this empty church? You know, but the Lord said, I didn't bring you here to pastor a church, I, bring you, brought you, I bring you here. I brought you here to pastor an outpouring of my spirit that's coming to this city. I don't think I'm the only one that's going to be a part of that by any means, but I'm excited because my time has come. Our time has come as a church because just as the enemy's pouring out, God's pouring out. And how many know you ain't going to outdo God? So this is some really exciting times coming. We're going to see 
unprecedented numbers of people coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ globally. One of my team members in India just sent me a video clip, and oh man, it gave me chills. I wish I could have shown it to you this morning, maybe next week, but he's preached thousands. This was last night or night before last. Thousands are gathered together in the field, and he's preaching the gospel, and you literally hear people screaming and crying out, asking God to forgive them, and people falling to the ground and, and getting saved. I mean, it's powerful. That's the kind of stuff that our church is helping make happen around the world. But listen, if we're sowing into that, I believe we're going to reap it here too. We're going to see that happen here too. Amen? Because I don't know if you know this, I wasn't originally designed to be a pastor. I was originally designed to be a missionary. Well, Mobile needs a missionary, and that's you and that's me. Amen? We ain't called Harvest Church for nothing, y'all. That's what we're going to see is a great in-gathering of souls in these last days. So let's go to Psalm chapter 23. This is one of the, other than John 3, 16, this is one of the most well-known passages in the Bible. Even non-Christians read this at solemn occasions and funerals and things like that when there's times of grief where there's comfort needed. And so this is comfort food this morning. Everybody okay with that? So let's go to Psalm chapter 23. And this is what it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, Jesus is saying, if you'd let me be your shepherd, you won't lack anything. Is he your shepherd today? Those of you watching us online, is he your shepherd today? Because he said, if you'd let me be your shepherd, you won't lack anything. I'll take care of you. Doesn't matter what's going on around you, I got you. Come on, somebody, he's got you. And then he goes on to say, he makes me lie down in green pastures. That's right. Jesus is saying, I'll make you lie down. And some folks say, even Christians, they say, ain't nobody going to make me do anything. Well, guess what? We're not smart enough by ourselves sometimes to know that we need to lay down. And Jesus said, I'll make you lay down. No, you laying down. Uh, Now, I did this in the first service. I'm going to do it now. It's not in my notes, but somebody needs this. We believe in honoring the Sabbath, right? How many know God even takes a day off, right? (laughs) So, what do you mean God takes a day? You know when God created everything on six days, on the seventh day, he rested? How many know he didn't rest because he was tired? God doesn't get tired. Now, you might rest because you're tired. I might rest because I'm tired. But God rests not because he's tired, but because he takes a moment to look back and to appreciate and be thankful for what's been accomplished. You've got to take time to celebrate your progress. Now, you might be, there's two kind of people in here probably. You're either like me or you're like my wife. My my wife is a super achiever. She has a legal pads of to-do lists. I kid you not. 137 things on her list. Now, every day, every day. Now, I have about six or seven things on my list every day, and I usually get almost all of them done, but she could get 117 of them done and still feel like today was such a a loser day. I didn't get everything done. Well, sometimes you just have to stop, put your legal pad down, and look back and look at and appreciate what you did get done, right? Some of you need to celebrate your progress. Celebrate your progress. Well, I didn't get as much done as I thought I should have got done. You celebrate what you got done. Well, I didn't get anything done. I just read my list. Celebrate. You read your list. That's good. Celebrate. <laughs> but if you don't lie down in green pat, he will make you lie down. 
you're going to rest one way or the other, better to just go ahead and just yield to it, right? So let's, let's start celebrating more of what does get done and complaining less about what didn't get done. That was a good word for somebody right there. So, so again, we're here today, and again, many churches decided not to meet today. We, we have not canceled our services for next Sunday. We will keep you posted. We're going to keep monitoring the situation, and uh, we're, uh, we're online today for people who couldn't be here. We realized that since every church is online today, Comcast literally shut down earlier, and so our feed was in it. So we're going to upgrade our system hopefully this coming week so that we don't ever have any issues or glitches again. But it's, it's interesting times that we're living in, isn't it? Aren't, you should feel so blessed that we get to be alive in the last days. I mean, we, we might be the generation that gets to see Jesus come back. How cool would it be? you outside one day mowing your grass. You go, hey, hey. <laughs> Me and Gwen were joking about filling up, you know, those, uh, uh, those inflatable dolls with helium and just letting them all go from the church one day and freak people out. Oh, no, I'm missing it. <laughs> but we decided we're not going to do that right now, so especially with all this going on. But he makes me lie down in green pastures. And then, you know, when Jesus calls himself our shepherd and he calls us sheep, he's not necessarily giving us a compliment. Sheep aren't always the brightest bulbs in the chandelier. You know what I'm saying? I mean, here's an example of what sheep would do, Tanya. They, they go, oh, I'm thirsty. There's water. And they lean over to the brook, and they start drinking. But they don't realize that while they're drinking, their wool is soaking up all this water. And they get top-heavy, and they, bloom, they just fall in, and they could drown. But aren't you glad we have a good shepherd who has a rod and a staff? And the staff, it's a, 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 it's a shepherd's rod. It's got a crook in it, and you can reach down. And he can lift that sheep up. And, and, and the, the, the staff is, is for um, directing and correcting. Just giving a little nudge. Uh-uh, not that way. Whoop, not that way. There's a wolf over there. You don't trust me. You don't want to go over there. And sometimes sheep have better ideas and they get in trouble. But, but then there's the rod. And, and the rod is not for the sheep. That's for the enemy. Because Jesus says, I will smack down anything that comes against my sheep. Anything whether it's a virus, whether it's a demonic spirit, whether it's the spirit of fear, when, anything that comes against my sheep, I will smack it. Aren't you glad the Lord is your shepherd? And so uh, we are grateful that Jesus is our good shepherd. He lays down his life for the sheep. And because he laid down his life, we, don't, we can fear no evil. And in fact, it goes on to say, he leads me beside still waters. Verse 3, he restores my soul. Your soul, that's your mind, your will, and your emotions. So he can restore your thinker, your chooser, and your feeler. You can choose right, feel right, and think right.